to the latest and greatest edition of Keeping It Orange and Blue. I'm Ryan Evan. That's the Urbana's finest, Kevin Ducey. What's up, Kev? What's up, my brother? It's been a fun week. Uh, you know, uh, some uh, some free pubs, some free publicity for the show out there. I always appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I'd love to hit him with the anthem of my favorite. That was my, uh, that was my uh, song for the 2001 football team like i have pictures of uh like thoughts of uh, bobby jackson just just out there murking fools number two in the secondary and uh the wide receiver quartet we had it was a fun year so that song always brings up good memories but uh no it's been, been a good week like i said we took a few shots and guess what we right here man so good stuff yeah i mean i don't I mean, I can do a standing eight count, but I'm never going to stay down. That's for sure. So and I know one thing. Nobody will ever bury me nor the show until the good Lord decides that day. And uh, it ain't today. So with that said, a lot of great uh, Illini news, you know, and exciting news coming. Um, obviously, we're, I'm going to go down the list here and then we'll jump right to the biggest point. But of course, Illinois got a commitment today on the hoop side. So. Illinois is going to be adding someone to go with Merez Johnson. We're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about who else for the class of 2024 is setting up visits. There's a couple really good wing players that Illinois is in on, and they're trying to bring them to Champaign. Uh, and then, you know, Illinois football is around five weeks away from, you know, less than six weeks away from camp, and they're unveiling their new uniforms, Kev, and I'm super excited about that. Um, and then – you know, I'll do a little bit more football recruiting, and then uh, we may even talk about some of our favorite coaches, and then we'll do a little quick Q&A to end the show, Kev. But before we jump in to the commit, I got to thank our sponsor at hometownhypeapparel.com. Uh, he is a devoted Illini fan, he, uh, loves what we do, and decided to try to help and bless everybody, uh, you know, who f watches the show. So you get a hold of him at 217-278-0120. He's got a promo code right now going orange and blue. You get 10% off your order, your very first order. Also, have some swag, some merch for keeping an orange and blue on there, Kev. I know uh, I'm, I'm going to be wearing the orange shirt to the Toledo game. I know Kev's probably going to be wearing one to one of the games he's going. I've got family and friends ordering some shirts. So orange out for Penn State, Kevin, I think would be a perfect time to get to hometown hype apparel. Yeah, the shirts are dope, dude. I mean, like, I think what they did was really, really good. Um, shared it with some friends and family. I think everybody really liked it. It's a nice, clean-looking shirt. I love the orange one because it's got the, some of our sayings on the back. Um, you know, and the name 200 Columns means a lot, right? I mean, you, you know, Ryan, you are a football guy. And uh, not that you don't care and, and, and have some deep love for the, for the beloved on the basketball, the hardwood, and all the other Illini sports, but – 
like you, your your love for Illini sports really is founded in football and, and mine too, to be honest with you. I mean, I had season tickets with my mom when I was just, you know, four-year-old kid in 1983. My mom won the first ever tailgate in 1982 when she got married to my stepdad and had her wedding and wedding reception as a tailgate. So, like, there's special things. It was actually pretty cool because when they brought tailgate back a few years ago with the uh, Nebraska game, my mom uh, got the opportunity to be a guest judge with Brandon Lloyd and that was and a couple others. That was really, really cool. But getting back to that is that that's what 200 columns is. That's what your website is. That's what's based on. That's your Twitter handle. Because it's about the 200 columns at Memorial Stadium that represent the university, represent the soldiers that served in World War One. Um, and there's a dedication to, to all the all the Illinois uh, University of Illinois folks who fought in World War One. Uh, and I know I'm not speaking to it directly accurately, but the, the, the logo is so cool and what it represents for the University of Illinois. So I think the shirts are dope. Um, I love all three of them. I'm going to have all three of them. Uh, but, you know, the orange one probably will be my go-to, obviously, because orange is such a standout color. I don't know what it is as I get older. I love I love our orange and blue combination, man. As a kid, I used to like I love, well, like black and gold or something like that. But I think the orange and blue is so clean. It's such a good look. And, you know, Kev, thanks for explaining the 200 columns. I know sometimes maybe people never really delved into it. I know, you know, once every couple of years they talk about it at Memorial Stadium. But obviously I had a grandfather who served in World War II. You know, he had a dad that served in World War I. Um, and um, so there was uh, – there's a lot of meaning to that. And I think – it's not just some cheesy to it. Oh, whatever, you know, it's no, it's, it's about paying respect to all the lives that were lost around a hundred years ago, uh, a little over a hundred years ago. Um, and, and it, and it combines with the football stadium. I, I've, so that's what the logo is. And it'll be on the back of the shirts. Uh, it's Memorial stadium for a reason. Yes. Yep. And I think some people, we take that for granted at times, but um, yeah, so exactly. Get a hold though of Scott Davies at Hometown Hype Apparel. He will hook you up. The shirts look great. Um, and we really appreciate him. So today though, Kevin, um, Illinois got a name that, you know, we had mentioned on this show before. And I think a month ago, um, people were asking, you know, who did I see uh, being the first one to join Merez Johnson? And uh, I thought it would be the big man from Yorkville. Uh, Jason Jaxtis, uh, and just because I know the staff was pushing for him, they like his, they like his ceiling, you know, they like where he can be in a few years and he's sneaky athletic, um, Kev, he's been blowing up of late on the circuit, the Under Armour circuit. Uh, and, um, really quickly though, uh, I am going to be doing some fun new things on the show here. And I got a little soundbite from, uh, Eric Bossy of two four seven, and I'm gonna play it uh, for you guys. So really quickly here, let's see before Kev uh, gets to, I'll, I'll get it. Uh, well, can actually, matter of fact, I'm gonna pull it up. What are your thoughts on Jason Jackstis? Then we'll listen to Eric Bossy, and then I'll talk about it. What do you think? What do you think of him and his uh, his where he's at now, and what you think the program and why the coaching staff liked him. I think that he's a kid you can take because you have Morez Johnson. I think that um, Jaxtis is not a guy that who's, who's going to come into the program and you're going to expect big things from as a freshman. I do think he's a kind of kid that you, uh, is going to need some time in the weight room. He's going to need some some body by Fletch. 
if you will. Um, but he's got things you can't teach. He's really long. He's really long. He's underrated athletically, and he's pretty skilled. Um, he's like a rich man's version of Brandon Lieb. I mean, I thought Brandon Lieb had some skills that might develop, but he just did not have any kind of athleticism that we're going to be that's going to be required uh, for his size in the Big Ten. Uh, Jackson's a better shot blocker. He's got better shot blocking instincts. Um, reminds you a little bit of a some more of a mix between uh, a poor man's Colin Castleton or Ryan Kalkbrenner, and both those guys kind of blew up later in their career. Had really good uh, college careers. I think Kalkbrenner's back for a fifth year here at Creighton. And I think um, really quickly, I think that uh, Jaxis already shoots it better than Castleton and Kalkbrenner did at that age. So. Uh, he does. He's got a, he's got a bit, bit better stroke there. And what I mean by and I, I want to be careful here when I when I say a poor man's is just like from a pure ranking standpoint, those guys yeah. are higher, higher rated. Uh, I heard one, you know, one guy on Illini guys, and you know, like I, I plug those dudes. I'm big fans of everything that Brad and Ked and, and Mike and Matt are doing over there. Uh, but one of the guys in, in the chats was saying is like, this is the kind of guy we missed out on in the Gross and Weber era that would end up, you know, at another Big Ten school, Purdue, Wisconsin, wherever that would come back to bite us in the butt. And uh, I'm excited about what he can bring. Uh, but in this world of transfer portal. Uh, and you're you're planning on a guy like developing. You never know, but I'm excited about the get. So, yeah. So, um, really quick, uh, and I'll get to it. Let's see. Let's get this going here. This will actually mute us once I get it rolling. So here we go. One of my favorite parts about the UAA over the years is it seems that there's always some new names that emerge. Did last week provide an opportunity for anybody else to start to make a name for themselves? Absolutely. Um, there's just two guys I want to mention real quick that really stand out. In the class of 2024, you've got Jason Jackson. He was recently offered by Illinois playing for breakaway basketball. He's a six foot nine, big man with big, broad shoulders, long arms. He can run from rim to rim. He's a little bit on the lean side and may need a, a red shirt in here, but he's the guy that I watched and said, you know, this is one of those guys that two or three years down the road turns into a productive high major player that everyone says, how is this guy not ranked by all the services? So he's a guy that I think we need to remember come rankings time. Yeah, and I, I've also heard Ryan that um, he would have had other high major offers after the summer and, and towards the end of this, this AAU circuit. But the word out was like, dude, he's Illinois, and you're, there's no sense in it. Is that he was getting another high major interest, and Bossy just said it right there. You saw the clip; like he's got some athleticism. I mean, the kid can play. I'm I'm excited about what's coming here with him. So, yeah, 100. Um, percent Again, he's definitely. And when you said, you know, a, a richer Lieb, I think people were just kind of not impressed with Lieb. But I think this guy is definitely a better athlete, a better a better shooter, a better shot blocker. He moves better. Uh, I think that this is a guy that, again, after Merez Johnson has went to the NBA because it's going to happen within a year or two, that we're glad that he's on the team and that they went after this kid. So uh, I like to pick up. He's a great young man. Uh, he told me over the summer when he was going to unofficially visit, and I knew when they were wanting him to come back for a second time this year that things were going to heat up. And I had heard over the last month or so that they were going to push for a commitment. So then this morning when I got a text about it, I was like, all right. Hey, boom, that's when I put my tweet out. And again, when I post my tweets, they're never locks. They're just what I'm hearing. If I'm hearing something very good, I'm going to post my tweet. 
and if he didn't commit today or he didn't commit to Illinois, you know, then you could just say, I don't know what I'm talking about, and we can move on. Do uh, you, you know what episode this is that we're on right now? Yeah, this is episode 46. So probably is about episode 42. I'd never heard of the kid. And you and I talked in, the, we'll call it the green room pregame show or whatever. You're like, hey, like this Jack, this kid. I, I hadn't even heard about him. And you prepped, you talked about him on the show, four or five episodes ago. Maybe it's 41, 42, something like that. Um, and that was before I heard any of the other publications that talked to him about him. I know that you actually fed some information to some of your other folks that are other insiders on on him. And so this is this is exciting, man. It's just, you know, I mean, you're, you're known as the guru on the football side of things. Uh, but you got some basketball information too, so. Yeah, and, and and again, I know people get sick of me tooting my horn, blah, blah, blah. I've been called a narcissist, all these other fun things, you know. But the point is, is I don't really think a narcissist would just say, hey, I want to inform everybody of all these fun things. But I have my contacts on the basketball side as well, and sometimes I get them as, as, as accurately and as incorrectly as correctly as I do my football stuff. And that's okay. I don't expect to sit here and be like, oh, I know I'm the I'm the cream of the crop at every everything I do. That's not gonna happen. I've already told you, Brad Sturdy, to me, there ain't nobody better in basketball recruiting. I think Kedrick Prince is right there behind him. I think those guys at Illini guys do a great job. And Kedrick, one thing about Kedrick that I always uh, talk about myself, you know, I, I posted a tweet today, if you're not first, you're last, because that's my, one of my favorite quotes from, you know, Talladega Nights. Uh, from Ricky Bobby. It's fun. I, I actually had Luke Ford do a commercial for my website for that last year. If you're not first, you're last. Um, so, but Kedrick doesn't, that Kedrick doesn't live by that. So he doesn't worry about being first. He just eventually tries to make sure he's, he gives you the accurate info. So uh, I just want to speak up for Ked sometimes because I know sometimes people sleep on him, but he knows his stuff. And uh, anyway, so Illini guys, are usually there with the stuff right away, boom, boom. But I, I got hit up this morning, and, hey, I, I knew he was coming eventually. I just it didn't matter when. So I like the the pick there. Real quick, go into the chat real quick, Kev, before we go to the next topic. Uh, Tommy Elam says, evening, gentlemen. Glad you're watching, Tommy. Uh, not my master, but your master, Kevin. Uh, Robish Finky. He's a Brett Robish type, huh? At the same age. I remember Brett Robish. He left and went to Oklahoma State, didn't he? Yeah, I don't remember 31. Uh, uh, Brett had a little bit more neck than Jax just does. Uh, tall white kid who hates the paint, laugh out loud. Time will tell. I don't know if this kid hates the paint, man. I've seen some of his. He's had some pretty nice. He goes out. He attacks the rim. You know, he's. I've seen him being double teamed by some big guys in the Under Armour, you know, circuit. And he goes up and under. And he, he bowls his way when he can. And he tries to put guys on posters. But. I mean, I definitely can see some Finky in his game where he's a stretch type of guy. And John John Smith says, Kev, he's looking forward to your golf update later. So you know it's coming. You know it's coming later. Um, you know. How about this? My my buddy Brandon Wildman. He, he's also a contributor on Illini guys. Brandon said uh, maybe a little bit like Coleman Hawkins at the same age. And you know what? I I, I didn't put two and two together. I do the typical thing that everybody everybody does. Um, you know, Yo Ma did it here. Like, we always do it, right? I remember when uh, Ryan Broyles was coming out at uh, coming out of school at Oklahoma. And he was at – I think he left uh, college as the NCAA all-time leader in receptions. If, if Ryan Broyles wasn't like the spitting image of some amalgamation of Julian Edelman and Wes Welker, I don't know what was. But nobody ever compared him to them 
because he was black and they're white. And so I think we all do this. Like we see skinny white kid and automatically it's like, he's gotta be the Robish Finky. And I'm not blasting because I just admitted I did it too. Uh, I've, I've done it plenty of times. Um, and I, just, and I, I went to Colin Castleton and, um, uh, uh, Ryan Kalkbrenner, like you said, he already shoots better than, especially than Kalkbrenner. Kalkbrenner really didn't have any, any outside game, so to speak of, and was always just known as a shot blocker. So it'd be interesting. Um, you know, when you got a guy like Bossy talking him up like that, I'm really excited about what he can do. So, yeah, 100, 100%. And look, I think we all can do that whole color association, but I mean, technically, your game doesn't have a color. So I would agree with uh, Brandon Wildman on that one. Believe that or not, um, um, I would say too. So let's move on next to who are the Illini focusing on for their wing. So I believe they're only going to take one more kid from this class, Kevin. I want to make that clear for yeah. all the folks here. I think they're only going to go with we're going to pick up one more of these combo guards. They're going to be top hundred kids. And we're going to give both – I'm going to put them both on here now so we can just go ahead and talk about them. Um, and so the one of these two kids is going to come and join the rest of this class. It's just a matter on who comes first, who announces, who wants their time. So Mikey Lewis and Jaden Glover. So we already mentioned – Mike, I've already mentioned uh, Jaden Glover to an extent last week. We talked yeah. about him and his connections. So his coach, again – his mentor, the leaders of the New York Jayhawks, where he plays his AAU, are pretty much ran the system when Kofi went through there. And so they've always been helping Kofi with his decisions and what he what thought was best for Kofi, and he always has looked at them as mentors. So, you know, they don't have any negative feelings and really pretty good feelings towards Illinois. They're all good feelings. You know, Illinois never did anything wrong to Kofi Coburn. They only wanted to help him and lift him up. And, heck, he'd have made a million dollars if he came back his last year. That wasn't on Illinois, though. No, so, he was done with school, man. Yeah, he did, He was sick of it. But, again, nothing that Illinois did wrong. So, Illinois has a good end there. Now, where does Illinois have a good end with Mikey Lewis? So, Mikey Lewis, I think, I think led the Nike EYBL in scoring. I think he led the Peach Jam in scoring as well. He averaged around 28 points a game. I think they both have high ceilings, but I think uh, I think Mikey Lewis might have a higher ceiling, maybe, or a yes. higher. I think a higher floor. I don't one of the two, but I think Glover is just an outstanding talent. He's a top fifty kid. You really can't go wrong with either of them. And and so Mikey Lewis's connections with Chester Frazier. Uh, Chester Frazier has an end with him. They both will be taking official visits to Illinois. So Jaden Glover's coming in September. Don't have a date yet for Mikey Lewis, unless you've heard something different on that, Kevin. No, I, I haven't. Um, they're a little different. I mean, Lewis, I mean uh, Glover's got a little more size on him. Illinois, I think, been on been on Lewis a little bit longer. Uh, I like both games, both of their games. It's not one of those things where I'm like, ah. You know, here, here's a guy I don't want. Um, I, I will say this, like, if we're looking – I like the K.J. Wyndham kid, and I don't know why there's not a lot of interest there. I, I'm, I'm a little bit worried, you know, everybody says I always got the orange and blue glasses on. That's a kid that I'm, I'm looking at, and I'm like, man, I kind of like him, but he's a lot smaller. He's left-handed, and he can shoot. That seems to be, like, small, left-handed, can shoot. You know, it seems to fit with the Trent Frazier and uh, – Alfonso Plummer deal, but um, and then you know Jay Jay Began who says who, who would you rather have? 
I'm I'm a lean Mikey Lewis. It's just a guy they've been after. I think Mikey Lewis can do more from a from a combo side of things and, and possibly run the point run run the two. I see Mikey Lewis as a one two. I see Jaden Glover as a two three. I believe the two threes are a little bit easier to find in uh, in a portal and uh, in other areas. I, I'm gonna leave Mikey Lewis on that one. I don't know about you. Who would you rather have? Um, I think. By the way, Bergen Jay Began said earlier um, that <clears throat> who would win with me and you in one on one? Oh yeah, he asked that question. Uh, and I said, left. I said, well, Kev's six four. I'm about five nine. I said, I mean, I think I would win at horse just because, I mean, I did play in high school at MacArthur and literally my only job was what the Bulls did to Io this year. Just go stand in the corner, you know. We'll, we'll try to hit you while you're open type of deal. Uh, you know, I took good, great pride in shooting the basketball growing up. Yeah, you, 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 can, you can think you'd win horse all you want, but that's all right. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward to playing Kevin shooting. I think I might surprise him. Uh, so, and then he's like, then Jay said, uh, oh, yeah, you can just be, go around him with your speed. We probably weigh the same amount, and he's about seven inches taller. So I don't think I'm going to beat him with my speed, but I am elusive for a 260-pound man. Let's, I can, let's, I can, let's yeah. just be real here. Like, I'm almost 45 years old. I got pretty bad case of plantar fasciitis. Oh, maybe I would take you to the rack. All I right. play golf. Yeah. I play golf now. That I play golf and, and, and lift weights. Like, that's, that's what I do. <clears throat> so. No basketball. No, I'll, I'll play you in horse. There'll be no one-on-one, brother. Okay. All right. Cool. That's fair. And funny, funny is Mikey Lewis and Jaden Glover are both, like, ranked right at, like, 90, 91 by the, the – I mean, they're both like right in the same level, so it's just a bit, you know. I, I I imagine with the staff, unless they really want, want, unless they really prefer one guy over the other, they probably take a commitment from whoever says yes first. Yeah, and I think that's how it's going to work out. Um, so, um, yeah, and uh, again, I think me and Kev both gave you a, a nice, gracious answer. We were didn't want to talk each other up or down per se. But I didn't lift myself up, if that makes it any better. So um, now we'll go to the next topic at hand here. And is there anything else for hoops you want to discuss real quick before I switch to any football recruiting? Is there, or are you just wanting to maybe talk – or we can talk maybe our favorite football coach or where we're ranking Brett Bielema. What do you want to talk about next, Kev? Oh, absolutely. I, I, you know, I've just been – you know, the Big Ten media days are starting. and or, you know, next It's Wednesday, and I'm excited. Oh, and the new unis. We're going to yes. talk about that too. Yeah. So so Big Ten media day starting, and I want to talk about something like that's been kind of percolating on my mind. Is like how Brett Bielema – is not far away at all, and this is this is this is not a this is not like he's he's, you know, it's not like he's the the fastest Kenyan, or uh, it's or if he was like you know, but he is he doesn't have a lot of stiff competition here. But how quickly before Brett Bielema becomes guys under 50's favorite football coach of all time at the University of Illinois? I'm like he is like right there at the moment, and I know it's early. He's moving into year three. And it got me thinking of like favorite coaches for not only Illinois football, but also for Illinois basketball and, and, and where they sit or maybe some least favorite. And I'm sitting here right now and I love what John Makovic did, but I hated how he left. I honestly, as a guy, like I'm going to go off coaches I watched here. 
Brett Bielema right now is number two on my list behind Mike White. It's like Mike White, Brett Bielema, and then probably Zook. Um, now, I know that's – so so he's moved up to number two. Oh, no, it's probably Makovic. Let's be real. It's Makovic third. I just don't like the way that Makovic left. And, and if Makovic wasn't made the AD, he might not have left. I don't know that he really wanted that job. Uh, so it's, it's just interesting that it was where he is. I also think, like, on the other side of the street, you know, Lou Henson is, is my number one. And I was trying to think of, like, where where is, is Brad Underwood placing himself? And I know this, like, he's I, he might not be ahead of Weber for some people. He's ahead of Weber for me. I go back to the, the silly funeral thing. Like, you had a funeral for a guy? Like, how, how petty is that <laughs> to wear an all-black suit and say you're having a, a funeral for a guy? Like, what? Like, last I checked, that dude was alive and ticking. Last I checked, that dude won two NCAA titles, and your squeaky voice is sitting in a Big Ten studios. Like, having a funeral for a guy? That's kind of... Yeah, having funerals for people is very, very cheesy. But, you know, we've we've seen some some very intelligent people do some very dumb things. So it happens. But uh, what what about your master? Ma- John Makovic left for the money. You know, it's hard to blame him for that. Yeah, it's uh, like I can't get mad at Kruger for leaving for the Atlanta Hawks at the same time. So, I mean, if we're just talking football coaches, I can – I can I'll, I'll explain it like this to you. So – Obviously, when I was a newborn, I was a toddler. Makovic was the coach, okay? So I knew that they went to the the Citrus Bowl when I was like three. But then when I was really getting into starting to watch them, in 1993, you know, Johnny Johnson was the quarterback. And we had Lou Tepper, okay? Yeah. And so I got to be honest with you. I know Johnson had that big – big game against – well, didn't they beat Bo Schembechler in Michigan and Ann Arbor? Absolutely. Uh, hit, hit Jimmy Klein in the back of the end zone. That was one of my first highlights of Illinois football was that game. Yeah. And then, of course, the very next year, the Penn State home debacle. Uh, I was yeah, like – We were up 28-7, yeah. Yeah, and then I remember watching that vividly with my grandpa. And, you know, he was like, they're the number one team in the country, Ryan. They're, I think if they win this, this they're, the fans are going to storm the field. And I was like, whoa. Oh, we would have. Oh, yeah. So, and then I just, I got used to seeing, you know, it was like Simeon Rice and uh, Kevin Hardy and then Robert Holcomb and Robert Holcomb and and more Robert Holcomb. You know, I was just like, hand the ball off to Robert Holcomb. On some bad teams. And I was just like, man, like, do we throw the ball? Like, because I thought it was just a running game, you know? But so I got stuck with Tep. And then Ron Turner came in and turned it around. And there were some bad teams when he first got there, and he turned it around, you know. And you mentioned Brandon Lloyd earlier, and me and you have had had a discussion a little bit about, you know, who's the best receiver of all time. I can only speak for who I saw, and I know David Williams was a, a great player. But I'm just saying on the course of a career at Illinois and the pros, I don't think there's a guy with a better catch collection than Brandon Lloyd. No. And that dude did some things that were really just almost unhuman. Yeah, you know, you know, Ron Turner. It's it's sad because I think a lot of people crap on Ron Turner, but I think Ron Turner, like from a pure coaching standpoint, is a good football coach. Yeah, he was really he was really disenfranchised with the recruiting aspect of it. And it's funny is that you know Ron Zook was a great recruiter, but not a very good football coach. Is if we could have just made this amalgamation of the two guys, they would have been like phenomenal. 
But that being said, like, like, where do you rank Brett Bielema as your favorite Illini football coach? I would say, I would say, right now, if they have another big season, I can't sit here and say, with one eight-win season, he's my favorite football coach. But I, I think with what he's building, another eight to nine-win year here, and I'm going to put him at one in my lifetime. I'll tell you this: if he goes to one. In my lifetime, and your or your lifetime, if he sticks it out for ten years, wins eight. He's going to be one, right? Yeah, he'll go to one for me. Yeah, but right now he, I'd say two. And like the people I know, what happened with Zook, but you know, Zook took us to a Rose Bowl, the first Rose Bowl the team had went to in over two decades. And they were nine and three. They lost games to Iowa and 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 Michigan. They shouldn't like it. Was come on, man, like. Like that was we only made that because Ohio State. Was hey, it doesn't it doesn't matter. We did it. We can't take it away. You can't say, "Oh, it was a lucky Rose Bowl." Like you had you to know who should have been in that Rose Bowl, and I hate to say it, Missouri should have went to that Rose Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chase Daniel and those guys, yeah, they were eleven and one or something like we that. Lost we just game. couldn't beat those guys, but uh, um, but anyway, and then Zook, they still went to three bowls under Zook. You know, the first time in how long that they went to back-to-back bowls, like what, almost 20 years? You know? Makovic. Mac- Makovic yeah, so again, you can't discredit that. Like, it's like winning six games isn't the goal, but it was so difficult for so long in the program. I'll say, I'll say this. Brett Bielema is about two or three seasons of Illinois going to bowl games. I probably put him one. I, I, he, could, he could come at Illinois, and if he, if he could win – if he could win somewhere between 70 and 80 games over the next 10 years where he's consistently put in Illinois in bowl games, winning between seven and eight games, like we would want to construct a statue for that guy. And it'd be really hard considering like Ray Elliott and Bob Zupke. But you know what? As much as I love the guy, no matter what, I'll never call another grown man daddy other than my own dad. Yeah, that that's be- true. And I, I mean, to be honest with you, to call your your coach daddy or any man that could be your grandpa daddy. I mean, it is it, it's odd. It would take an odd human being, but thank goodness we wouldn't do that, Kev. Uh, so with that said, I would say since Lou, I did I was at Lou Henson's very last home game, nineteen ninety six, and I'm not talking about the NIT regular season. I'm not talking about the horrible Alabama NIT game yeah. where they got blown out. I'm talking about when they lost a heartbreaker to, to Minnesota that would have put them in the tournament. And I was there. It was my first game. And I remember thinking, like, I remember talking to my mom and whoever her boyfriend was at the time. He was telling me, we got to win this game. You know, it's they're like 8 to 19 and 11. You got to get to 20 wins, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. And I remember thinking, all right, we're going to do it. And then they blew it at the end of the game. I don't even remember how it ended. I just know that we lost by, like, two points and they missed a chance to win. Uh, and then that was like, this is my first, it's like Lou Henson's aura. I would say Lou Henson one. I'm, I want to say Bill self too. Yeah. But the fact that he left us and went to Kansas and it just, I was still, I was still, I'm still hurt about it a little bit. I remember how sad I was as a 14 year old when he left. I just couldn't believe it. Um, and then I loved Long Kruger. You know, you two was he three years and won a Big Ten title. I I, I just love I, I love Brad Underwood. I'm putting him, I'm gonna put him at three right now behind Bill Self. Uh, but if Brad wins another Big Ten title and can take Illinois to the second weekend, I'm gonna slot him in front of uh, 
I'm going to slot him in front of Bill Self. You can't discredit the two Big Ten titles that Brad's already won and basically turning a bad program because Illinois was a bad program for a while. Uh, turning it around. Can't discredit that. So Brad has done that. Yeah, uh, over the course of like what six seasons, Kruger won a Big Ten title, Bill Self won two, and Weber won two. That was a pretty remarkable run right there between those. And I just I'm not putting Weber in there. I know as much as people might think it's crazy. I just know he inherited the great players from Bill Self and did what I think eventually Bill Self, I think, would have took Illinois to the title game that year too. Um, you know, they were going to remember. They had Charlie Bill in the way, but it would have helped. Yeah, because and who knows who would have been on those teams with Bill Self, too. Because I know there was a couple of his really good Kansas players that were going to – one was coming. I forget who if it was Sharon Collins or not. Oh, uh, Sharon Collins, Julian Wright. Like yeah. That. So, there was – one of those guys would have came. But um, Weber took those and did what he did. But the way it sunk at the end was just yeah. too much for me. He was blaming players for – Things and no coach should ever be bl- putting the blame on the players. I mean, no, not in the media, not in the media. You, you you can you can do that behind closed doors, but uh, he was throwing them under the bus repeatedly to the media. Yeah, and that's always that always that always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. So, well, uh, that's it's you know it's a bit of a slow week, so we get to put these things in here. Ryan and I talk offline about like, hey, what should we talk about? Something fun, and I don't want to say it's just filler, but it does create a little bit of conversation. Um, We've got some news coming up, though, Ryan. We've got a couple of guests that are going to join us right before the football season, some guys who've got some other podcasts. And um, Ryan Ryan and I have been talking off this week. We're going. We're probably going to start a, a, just a, a pure, like, uh, gambling segment on the show uh, that will lead up in college football and maybe do a little bit of college basketball with a, with a friend of the program here who's probably going to hop on with us. So really excited about that. And you, you talked about it, and the new uniforms are dropping tomorrow, correct? Yeah. Um, the new your thoughts on what's going to happen? I know you posted this on Twitter, but maybe if folks didn't catch it, what are your thoughts on what's going to happen with the uniforms? You've got some, a little maybe an inside there? Yeah, so I posted some pics on Twitter. I should have uploaded them so I could have posted on here. But pretty not they're not going to be identical to the Syracuse jerseys, but you're going to see this, the striping up the side of the pants – like kind of like the, you know, late 90s, early 2000s alignment yeah. teams. And then you're going to see the striping on the shoulder blade there, the shoulder, uh, the, the pad across here. Um, I'm trying to be my best way to explain it. Um, but I think they look sharp. Obviously, it won't have orange across the chest, you know, but I, I imagine there'll be a block eye in here. Um, but – and glossy helmets, you're thinking? Yeah, they'll be glossy helmets. But what I've heard is that they we don't know yet is there's going to be something special about the stripes on the helmets. Okay. So we're going to be doing some changing of that. Um, yeah, so definitely do some changing of that. Um, so that's going to be fun and exciting. But I want to say, too, Kevin, I've uh, talked to – his name's Matt. I won't get into everything about it. It's I think it's going to be – it might not be a long podcast every week, but – I'm thinking we might make it a, just a 30-minute, uh, you know, over-under, you know, talk about spreads of games, picks. We might just do this show, and then it's going to be part of keeping an orange and blue, Kev, as, as long as you're cool with it. Absolutely. But do its own 30-minute show sometime midweek or before the games, however, if that would work for you. Yeah, with a little fade, fade the deuce midweek. 
Yeah, so it won't just be one show with all of it because I really want to focus and hit the week's games on this, like break them down and talk about our actual just winning loss picks, not the spreads, not hitting all that, where you can have a guy like you and then Matt who knows his his shit. Um, break it down, and we'll do 30 minutes, just like you'd see on TV. You know, they have their 30-minute shows uh, this way. And we will, even though you can't gamble in the state of Illinois, per se, on Illinois, you know, people, I feel like we could still talk about the spreads for those games, for Illinois' games. Um, but we're going to hit Big Ten games in particular, and then probably one or two of the national games of the week. Like, if Alabama and Georgia are playing, we're going to put that in, you know. So, like, so, yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. So there will be about two shows a week, one strictly over-unders for all you guys out there who are fan-dueling, you know, uh, DraftKings, whatever you want to do, BetMGM, uh, or just if you're going to the boat, you know. So right on. I think it'll be fun. So that's going to be – we'll we'll, we'll, t- we'll get more into that uh, two weeks before, Kev, two weeks before the season starts. I think we're going to introduce that show. So – Probably like the twentieth or something like that. And then once and once camp once camp breaks, we're gonna bring on a couple friends of the program. Uh, one guy's a national guy, talks college football. Excited about that. We've already got him committed. And another guy runs a Big Ten only podcast on uh, on football, well, and basketball. Great dude. Both guys agreed to top on the show, trying to get them on, trying to give you guys some more of what you want, and also like open up some opportunities for. Uh, um, for you guys to subscribe to their podcast and listen to what these guys do because they're putting out some really good content and they've got a little bit of local flair to them. And then Sean Garner popped in a couple times on games in Spain exhibitions, absolutely exhibition yeah. games. Um, they're being played against – it's not the best competition. Let's be real here. I mean, we're talking about probably mid-major level teams. Uh, they, they might have some, some older guys. They might have some it, – it, it'll be interesting – the biggest thing that that's needed for this this team is is to build some chemistry and really test Ty Rogers out at running the point and see what see what else we can do from a point guard perspective. And then yes, the Cubs won three out of four against the Cardinals. This week. Yeah, and guess what though? As much as I would normally be upset about that, I'm okay because now they're definitely selling and uh, they needed to. And you know the fact is, it's so funny that John Mozeliak now wants to say, you know, maybe I should have went after pitching a little more. I mean, it's just to the point of where it's almost like a comedy sketch. So, uh, but it's it's fine, man. Uh, I'm okay with them getting rid of guys. Got to keep Gorman. Can't get rid of him. Can't get rid of a phenom young lefty power hitter who, in his second season, is probably going to be on his way to 35 home runs. And then you got to keep Jordan Walker. I'm okay if you get rid of Goldie for some pitching, but you got to keep Arenado too. Sounds like Wilson Contreras is going to be getting booted, Kev. So. <laughs> it sounds like they're trading Wilson Contreras. Uh, he forgot how to catch and he forgot how to hit. And oh man, fun times! Uh, so, let's go. Yep. So, final thoughts, Kev. Go ahead. Hit him with your hit him with your golf. Your golf. Yes, dude. Another good weekend for Illinois golf. Right. Check it out. Okay. So Thomas Peters and Thomas Dietrich both made the cut at the Open Championship. Big ups to Brian Harmon and winning the tournament at 13 under. It was incredible. It was a like uh, Golf Digest posted it was a dud and people got all mad. It wasn't that Brian Harmon's a dud; it's that Brian Harmon's not a star in the in the in the making. And for the last two hours, we knew who was going to win. But it's still good to see guys like Dieter, uh, like Dietrich and Peters make the cut. 
Uh, Dietrich finished top 15, I think, at three under. So that was pretty nice there. And then a phenomenal weekend from our guy, Adrian Dumont Duchasser. He shot negative. I think he was 15 under on the weekend. I think he went minus seven, minus eight. It was minus 21 overall. Another top 10, finished seventh, I believe. He's finished top 10 in every single one of his professional tournaments this year. He's all he's locked himself into a PGA Tour uh, spot next year. Super excited for that. Here's the other thing, Illinois golf fans, you can pay attention to as things are progressing for the rest of the year uh, before the Ryder Cup and before the FedEx playoffs. Is Now the season kind of – it used to be the PGA Championship was in, in August, but they moved that because of Ryder Cup and President's Cup and the, things, and the FedEx Cup, and they thought it was just too much. So that's why they moved the PGA Championship to May. And so that we've got March players, April Masters, May PGA, June U.S. Open – July, uh, the Open. But what happens now is there's some there's some lesser tournaments, for lack of a better term, leading up to the FedEx Cup and then Ryder Cup. And so what you're going to see is you're going to see guys get opportunities to play on some of these in some of these events that normally don't get to play, or guys are able to make their way and make their hay. So look for guys like possibly Nick Hardy to jump in. I mean, Nick Hardy's still playing. He's he's on tour. He's, he's playing just about every other weekend and stuff. Uh, but look for him to maybe make make some inroads there. I do know that he wants to get in that FedEx Cup race. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if ADDC got an opportunity to play in a PGA event. Um, uh, you know, maybe DA points hops in there. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in the back half of the season. It'll be really fun. Uh, Ryder Cup is huge. And then furthermore, next weekend is the Senior Open Championship across the pond. The, the 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 seniors tour the champions tour has five majors three of those majors have been won by steve stricker this year this is the fourth this is the fifth of of those one was won by bernhard Monger. he's got a chance to win four champions majors in one year i don't think it's ever been done and what he's doing is he did not do enough on the pga tour to get him into the world golf hall of fame uh but his his champions tour stuff is probably moving him. I think he's. I think he's almost assuredly going to get into the World Golf Hall of Fame with what he's done on the Champions Tour. This, if he wins this, will give him a um, sole possession of fourth place for most PGA uh, Champions majors behind Longer, uh, Hale Irwin, and Jack Nicklaus or Gary Player. So, I mean, just great company, and it's just a lot of fun. I got my titles hat on for a reason, so Illinois golf shirt today. So, let me tell you, um, you have definitely schooled everybody in here who didn't know a thing about uh, golf. Now they're all updated. And I got to be honest, that's quality right there. So, I care about it to a degree, but everybody who's focused in on that golf, I know they're every week you hook them up. So, if they miss something, Kevin. Heck, we should start our own Illini Golf Podcast with Kev. Okay, You could probably get a former player on to come and co-host with him. Okay, so uh, anyway, my final thought as we're pushing to the home stretch of this Illini football season, they got a special going until August 7th, okay? Tickets. Get your tickets. I don't even care if it's season tickets. They don't have to be season tickets. They got these $99 three-game you know, Toledo, Penn State, Indiana bundle for 99 bucks. There were still some uh, sideline tickets available. They got $10 seats available for any game you want until August 7th. I don't want to hear any fan. I don't want to see any fan saying, oh, they're just not affordable. They're just not affordable. 
that's just not an excuse anymore. So uh, this team is different than those years of past where Illinois would win a game and make a bowl game and the next year they'd stink. You know, let's be honest, really, there should be two years in a row Illinois already went to bowl games. Uh, I know Brett knows he screwed up a couple of those games in year one. There should have at least been a six-win team, if not seven. And last year, an eight-win team should have been nine or ten in, in the Indiana game. So this year, you know, we're going to make our predictions, but I don't see there's any way how they won't make a bowl game. There's going to be some exciting games to come watch. I think that Wisconsin homecoming game that's going to be – people are going to pick Wisconsin to win the West. You're going to see that here next this week when the projections come out. Fickle uh, love. Yeah, they're gonna give Fickle the love. You got Tanner, Tanner Mordecai. You got Tanner Mordecai with Phil Longo's offense, and you got Braden Allen, who Illinois held to two, negative two yards last year. This and some really good receivers. They added some really good quality receivers. Um, so they're going to be the front runner in the Big Ten West right away. But remember, they're coming to Champaign. That's Brett Brilema's old school. Those there's tickets for that game. Uh, but again, the Penn State's going to be a top ten team coming. Fox Newton kickoff, tons of tickets available for that. Come to Champaign, go to Memorial Stadium, enjoy yourself, have a good time, um, and get a shirt from uh, Hometown Hype Apparel. We even have some orange shirts uh, that you could wear for that game. We got you, we got your swag down. Just get your ten dollars tickets, fifteen dollars tickets. Show up, Kev. What do you think of that? I think yeah, it's it's absolutely right. You better get them now because. When we come out of the gate hot, like those tickets are going to be gobbled up pretty quickly, man. We got uh, Nebraska in a Friday night game, right? In yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, like this, it's just a really exciting schedule. I've said it before. I think we have two teams on the schedule. I don't think they're bowl teams, Northwestern and Indiana. You've got 10 teams on the schedule that are, that are probably bowl teams. That's tough, dude. It's a tough schedule. We're going to have a lot of good games. we got the CEO of the football program going to have us in the right spot. Go Illini. Go Lina, and I'm going to leave you with this. Swallow me out. ILL. I and I.